0: What's up, everyone? Nate here, and today for baseball, we are going to be talking about All-Star Snubs. So yes, the All-Star Game is coming up. The All-Star Game rosters were released, and of course, people were upset. People were upset. There were some snubbed players out there on your favorite team. So I asked on the Ding Corners Instagram page, who is the biggest All-Star Game snub from this year's MLB All-Star Game? And the people had answers. We had a bunch of Dylan Cease. We had Austin Riley, Logan Gilbert, Ty France, Will Smith, Jordan Alvarez not starting. He's in the All-Star game, but not starting. Josh Bell, Tommy Edman, tons of names, Zach Wheeler even, tons of names. People were upset that their favorite players did not make the All-Star game. Well, I wanted to talk about my biggest snub, and my biggest snub is Of course, Jordan Alvarez not starting at DH, and instead, Otani is starting at DH. Now, Otani is the starting pitcher for the AL and the starting DH for the AL. And while it makes a good story, it's completely bogus that this is happening. Otani is a very good player. He's one of the best players in baseball, but... He should not be starting over Jordan Alvarez for DH. Let's look at the stats here. So, Otani's 2022 stats he's hitting 255 with a 343 on base, a 487 slugging, and an 831 OPS. Good stats. Not amazing, but good. 81 hits, 35 extra base hits, 19 home runs, a 233 isolated power, 11.3 walk rate, 23.9% K rate, a 132 WRC plus, 32% better than league average hitter there. 100 is league average. Every percentage point above is, you know, every point above is a percentage point above. And then a 1.6 fan win above replacement. Now, if you add his hitting or his pitching fan win above replacements, he goes to 4.2, but we're just talking about DH and for DH, you can only take hitting and therefore he is worth 1.6 fan wins above replacement. If you go to Yordan, he's hitting 306 with a 405 on base, a 653 slugging, and 1,058 OPS. 82 hits, 39 extra base hits, including 26 home runs. A 347 isolated power, 13.6% walk rate, 18% K rate, 197. He's 97% better than league average hitter according to WRC plus and a 4.1 Fangraphs one above replacement. Otani 4.2 combined for pitching and hitting. Yordan just for hitting. When we look at their combined stats, you'll notice on the screen, if you are watching this, that I have the stats that Yordan leads in highlighted in yellow. And I have the stats that Otani leads in highlighted in yellow if he leads in any. And you'll notice if you're watching, he doesn't lead in any. Yordan is beating Otani in average, in on base percentage, in slugging percentage, in OPS, in total hits, in total extra base hits, in total home runs, in isolated power, in walk rate, in K rate in WRC+, and in Fangraph's wins above replacement for hitting. There's no reason. There's no reason Yordan should be the backup DH in this game. If you want to put Otani as the pitcher, sure. But the fact that you insulted Yordan and put Otani, the significantly worse hitter, as the DH, is a slap in the face to Yordan, and the MLB system of voting for the All-Star game has to go. Now, for me, personally, if you wanted to ask me my biggest snub, like as a personal fan, that is Dylan Cease. So Dylan Cease leads the MLB in strikeouts with 142. He leads the MLB in strikeouts per nine innings with 13.1 strikeouts per nine innings. And he leads the MLBs in games started, obviously tied there, but he's pl- started 18 games that leads the MLB. He's also top five in the AL in fan graphs, went above replacement at 2.7. He's fourth. ERA at 2.30, that's third, expected ERA of 2.72, that's second, fielding independent pitching of 2.74, that's fourth, expected fielding independent pitching of 2.94, that's fourth, hard hit rate percentage of 34.1%, that's third, swinging strike rate percentage of 16.1%, that's second, and called strike whiff, the CSW percentage, that's the called strike whiff percentage, 31.5%, That is second. He is top five in so many important factors that point out if you're a good pitcher or not. And yet somehow Dylan Cease is not an all-star. Absolute travesty. Dylan Cease should be an all-star. Jordan Alvarez should be the starting DH for the AL.
1: What's going on, everybody? Slapsocks Julian here back again with another F1 segment here, 5 at 5. On this week's episode, I'm going to be diving into the Austrian Grand Prix, which concluded this past weekend, and then also focusing on three drivers, their performance and cards from this season, considering there's not another Grand Prix this upcoming weekend. So if you're interested to see which three drivers it is, stay tuned. And without further ado, let's dive right into it. So the podium for the Austrian Grand Prix. Consisted of Charles Leclerc in first, Max Verstappen in second, and Lewis Hamilton in third. Super happy for Charles Leclerc finally getting back into the top three after a mini slump. He started second for the race and finished first, the first time that's ever happened in his career. I know he is happy with his performance after being down on himself the past few Grand Prixs, considering he did not finish in the top three. As I mentioned, super happy for him, and I'm sure is happy that he is back on top. Lewis Hamilton also had a very solid performance, finishing third for the third or fourth consecutive Grand Prix. Seems like Mercedes have ironed out a bunch of the problems with his car that were present at the beginning of the season. I'm sure they still want to work on his car to make it so he is contending for first place, but you can't complain with the third place finish. Funny enough, all three drivers that I will be talking about in this week's Episode finishing the top ten, excuse me, top ten for the Austrian Grand Prix. So, if you're interested to see who they are, I'm about to dive right into them. The first driver I want to talk about is Mick Schumacher. How can I not talk about him? Past two races, he has been on a roll. He got his first ever career F1 points in the British Grand Prix, finishing with four points, and then this past weekend in the Austrian Grand Prix. He finished a career-best sixth place, coming away with eight points. Mick Schumacher, as many of you know, did not start off the season quite well. He did not meet expectations going the first eight races without any points. A tweet by Formula Racers on Twitter shows that uh how well Haas has been doing. Williams, Alfa Torre, Alfa Romeo, Essel Martin, McLaren, combined the past two races, have had 18 points and Haas has 19. So Mick Schumacher's... 12 points in the past few races has helped a ton. He's got his confidence back, and I expect him to only do better from here. Mick Schumacher's cards have taken quite a tank since the beginning of the season, up until he got his first points. On June 12th, his 2021 Topps Chrome rookie auto, out of 150 PSA 9 with a 10 auto, sold for $535. However, this past weekend, the same card on July Ten sold for a thousand dollars. His cards have definitely gotten a boost from his performance. A lot of people seem to be giving up on him, expecting him to leave the team after this season. However, that is not the case. Might be a good time to pick up some of his cards or sell, considering whether you think he's going to keep performing well or if you think this is the best he will do. One to think about for sure. Second driver I want to talk about is Daniel Ricciardo. As everyone knows, Daniel Ricciardo has struggled quite a bit with McLaren this season and even last season as well there have been rumors about him not being with the team next season however rumors are rumors and Zach Brown had to come out and address them saying that he will indeed be with the team for 2023 but also pointing out what a lot of people have been thinking that he has not been able to match Lando Norris's performances in a McLaren car you could probably imagine that McLaren is not satisfied with Daniel Ricardo's performances. They might be looking to the future, past 2023, for who might replace Daniel Ricardo, But if he wants to keep his seat, he will definitely have to start performing and start performing now. His 2021 Topps Chrome Red Refractor Auto Auto 5 sold for $1,600. April 11th. Now this card is raw, so it's not exactly comparing apples to apples. But his uh, 2020 the same card, uh, PSA 9, sold for $710 July 11th. So you would think that his not graded card should sell for less than his PSA 9. However, it sold for quite a lot more a few months back. So his cards have definitely tanked quite a bit as well. Last but certainly not least, I'd to talk about Esteban Ocon, who has quietly been having a very solid season. He has consistently been putting up points for Alpine. He currently also sits 8th in the driver's standings. I feel like Esteban Ocon is one of those drivers who does not get a ton of credit, but he's definitely one to watch out in my eyes. His Sapphire Base. This card is down 75% the past three months, which is around $48. Esteban Ocon has been consistently performing, so I am expecting him to continue to perform at a high level. So that's all I got for this week's F1 episode. Thanks for tuning in.
2: What is up, everybody? It's Zach from at Premier Soccer Investing, bringing you the Slap Socks FC 5 at 5, take of the week. Let's get into it. So Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously one of the biggest faces in the history of the game, supposedly wants out of Manchester United, which is understandable after the season they've had. He's, I believe, 37 years old now. He doesn't have many years left in his career and he wants to compete for the biggest trophies, especially when he sees his friends at Real Madrid winning yet another Champions League, this time without him. And so, as per Fabrizio Romano, he is not traveling on with Manchester United on the preseason tour. The official club line for Manchester United is that he is dealing with personal issues, but there have been rumors of him trying to force his way somewhere like Chelsea, where supposedly his, his agent, Jorge Mendes, has met with Todd Boley, the Chelsea owner. Additionally, he, his name has been floated to PSG. Supposedly, they have rejected him as well as a few other big clubs across the continent. But for now, it does look like he is staying, as per what Eric Ten Hag said the other day in his press conference, as he is saying that CR7 is not for sale. He's in his plans, and they're looking forward to working with him. And this is interesting because Ronaldo, when Ten Hag was announced, did say he was very happy with uh, the hire in an interview with Manchester United TV. But has seemed to cut a very frustrated figure in the last month or so as United has struggled to bring in uh players in this summer's transfer window because he thinks the squad needs a huge refresh to compete for the titles that he wants to compete for, as well as the fact that he is he was left extremely frustrated by not playing in the Champions League, which he considers like his competition, a one he has dominated and found so much joy in. And so how's this past tough season affected this card market well we can really see a big hit starting at the top with his most important cards in the soccer card market today is 2003 panini sports mega cracks number 137 psa 10 there are only 38 of these in existence and in october of 2021 this card hit its peak at 312 thousand dollars a few have sold since and the decline has been humongous down 53.85%, down $168,000 from $312,000 to $144,000. This drop to me and the drop that we're going to see in his other parts of his market, but particularly at the ultra high end, doesn't really make too much sense because you're not buying a card like this, especially a Cristiano Ronaldo card like this for what he's doing for the last two, three years of his career. Yes, it'd be nice if he can add another Champions League, a trophy, an international trophy to Portugal, set more records. But his body of work has been enough that this card value should only keep going up due to its rarity. And Ronaldo's position as what some people consider to be the go. I consider probably a top two, top three player in the history of the game. And that status won't be changing moving forward. So in a different uh, subset of his high-end market, particularly his first set of the flawless dual-patch autos, the numbered out of 15, the Momentous Ruby versions, that these cards are holding strong value with an $18,000 raw sale happening in May. And then in the PWCC Premier auction, we saw a $45,600 sale on his PSA 9 version and then a $53,850 sale on the BGS 9.5 version nine days later in the PWCC weekly auction. And I think the discrepancy in prices here is the patch and auto difference on these two cards. The auto, you can't really tell from this, but the auto in the BGS 9.5 version is super, super clear. And the patch is part of the Portugal crest, which is super sought after and is a much cooler patch, in my opinion, than the one that sold for 45600 But the auto numbered stuff is remaining strong. And then we go see a more common part of his market, uh, his PSA 9 2006 Panini World Cup. It's his first World Cup card. There are around 280 of these and only about 90 PSA 10s. And this is a card that's down 40%, almost about the same as the PSA 10 Mega Cracks version, down $310 from $770 to $460. And I think this price is going to continue to fall along with the rest of his market throughout the summer and probably into next season too, especially if he stays at United because they're not going to be in the Champions League date. really don't look like they'll be contending for trophies and then the question is when does the rebound happen for Ronaldo's prices probably the world cup they do have a winnable group with uh it's them South Korea Ghana and Uruguay you, you'd expect Portugal to finish first or second in that group and then be primed to make a a run in the knockout stages of the world cup and if they were to do so in what could be Ronaldo's last world cup his market would definitely wrap up
3: everyone, Canada Greg here to speak about hockey. As you know, last week was the NHL draft held right here in my hometown of Montreal and a couple of transactions happened, a couple trades and great draft picks from a couple of teams and that's shaken up quite the card market and the first player I want to talk to you about this week is no other than Kirby Dock, the third Pick overall by the Chicago Blackhawks in 2019 changed address in a three-way trade that brought him to Montreal right now. And his card market just exploded. As you can see here on the graphic, his Young Guns, Upper Deck Young Guns PSA 10 just exploded in value by more than 74% just after this trade. And his uh, global market as well. When you look at his prices right now and you compare it to some of the Montreal's hottest stars, as you know, Montreal is a big, big hockey market, actually probably one of the biggest in the NHL with the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you compare Kirby Doc's pricing with Cole Caulfield's pricing and Nick Suzuki's pricing as well, you can see there's probably still a play to be made here. Of course, if you wait a couple of weeks, once again, that's not a financial um, financial advice that I'm giving there, but probably just some educated uh, educated market knowledge if you wait a couple of weeks. And uh, Kirby Dak could be a great investment if he does well. Uh, we know that last year his uh, wrist injury prevented him to perform with the Chicago Blackhawks. And also they, the Chicago Blackhawks had a terrible season. So Montreal under Martin St. Louis as head coach, the future looks bright probably not an amazing season to come next season but if you pair him with um some great wingers slavkovsky maybe the first overall draft pick by the montreal canadians or josh anderson and dadunov it could make some fireworks and uh when you look at, once again at his pricing versus suzuki's pricing then there could be an interesting play there as he's going to probably act as second centerman. Also, another player that was traded by the Chicago Blackhawks to the Ottawa Senators, Alex DeBrincat, who had an amazing season and traded to Ottawa. As you you see right here on the graphs, his card market went down a little bit. So going into a smaller market, but once again, might be an interesting play there as with the recent moves that GM Pierre Dorion did, by acquiring Claude Giroux, Alex DeBrincat, and also with the young guys that are there, Teams Stutzla and Josh Norris, uh, and also, how to forget, uh, Brady Kachuk. They're going to have a solid top six there on offense in Ottawa. So next season, you can uh, probably expect the, the Ottawa Senators to be quite competitive, make the playoffs as well. So that could be very interesting for you guys. Uh, some rumors now. Dylan Strome, you know, that was a draft pick by the Phoenix Coyotes. Now the Arizona Coyotes uh, was playing also in Chicago. So the Blackhawks are literally tanking. That's what we can see for, from uh, the recent moves. Uh, decided to let Dylan Strom go. And a couple of rumors tied him to the Toronto Maple Leafs um, while we're recording this right now. We still have no news of where Strom is going to land next season, but depending on the market, that could be very interesting to look at his prices and where he lands in the future. One of the big, big signatures that happened yesterday is also Johnny Gaudreau going to the Columbus Blue Jackets. That was quite a surprise. He left a market that was uh, very interesting. The Calgary Flames were the team that drafted Johnny Hockey, Johnny Gudrow, and he left the team by wanting to play in the East Coast. A lot of rumors were tying him to Philadelphia, and also the New Jersey Devils ended up signing a monster contract in Columbus. And Columbus could do well next season with a, a renewed offense and some uh, great signings that they made in the free agency. So uh, probably keep an eye on Johnny Gaudreau. And as you saw in the uh, Slab Stocks Daily Slab this morning, you saw how uh, the market reacted yesterday to the signing and his future watch SP Authentics, you can see on the graph here, um, went for pretty high. So already a lot of hype around Johnny Gaudreau's new team. And finally, another rumor that uh, affected the card market and... Still didn't happen is centerman Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was playing for the Columbus Blue Jackets, was drafted there, was then traded against Patrick Liney to the Winnipeg Jets. And now a lot of rumors are tying him where? Well, exactly here to the Montreal Canadiens and his card market reacted to that, as you can see, by spiking by 44 percent in the last month and certainly in the last two weeks. Uh, if you look right now on eBay, there's a couple of rookie cards of Pierre-Luc Dubois for sale and might be an interesting play. Either short term if he gets uh, traded to Montreal or long term as he's a very talented centerman, had a great season last season and could be uh, lending in another market if he does not want to re-sign to the Winnipeg Jets long term. So,
4: what's up everyone we're back with another five of five here for our flip quest 2022 and we've got a really great episode Take as we got a couple big cards to look at but also we just fulfilled all of our different flip quest cards to come back home to wisconsin so we can bring them to new jersey to atlantic city for the national because we'll be having an exhibit of our flip quest at the national so if you're going to the national be sure to come to booth 1461 because we will be sharing or showing and potentially selling to you if you want to buy something all of our different flip quest cards that we bought this year that we still have uh, very excited about that but nate here we are we've got the auction number 26 here on the pwcc marketplace live streaming this sunday at 9 45 p.m eastern time and what are we going to talk about first here uh, well, we're not going to have to go far, because we're stopping right at that
0: Tua Stars and Stripes uh, National Chargers rookie patch. Auto out of 20, PSA 9, number one, beautiful patch. Number two, love the Stars and Stripes design. Number three, and most important, love Tua. Um, a couple things about Tua. Number one, I'm a believer. I don't know if Aaron is, but I'm a believer, and I've got some stats to back it up. So Mike, McDaniel, Mike McDaniel is his coach now. He was the offensive coordinator in San Francisco last year. They led the NFL in yards after the catch per reception. That was the San Francisco. This man now moves to Miami where he has Tyreek Hill and Waddle. That is huge. You get a guy that likes to get his best wide receivers the ball. You give Tua that option to just keep getting his best wide receivers the ball. Tua's stats are going to explode. After that, you have Highest success rate, expected points added, first perfectly covered play since 2019. Tua, fourth in the league, a 0.1 percentage point behind Aaron Rodgers at 41.3% compared to Aaron Rodgers, 41.4. All right. There is no respect given this man. And then Tua on deep passes in 21, first in expected points added, first in success rate and completion percentage, first in yards per attempt. He was also first in Red Zone Success, and now he gets to go play with Mike McDaniel. I think that this is going to be an absolute show this year in Miami, and uh, I've been on the Tua bandwagon for a few years, but I am fully aboard the Tua bandwagon this year. Full steam ahead, we are going to show some people how good Tua Bailoa is this year.
4: I love it. Great stuff. Uh, this is his 2020 NT. Like Nate said, the Stars and Stripes. Uh, it's the first off the line insert or exclusive, I should say. But it's got that nasty Dolphins logo patch right there. It's got like the the, the tail or the fin, I should say, whatever you want to say about it. Uh, number two out uh, 20 PSA 9. It's at 13 grand right now after buyer's premium, that puts it uh, over 15k or around there. And uh, the last sale on this thing was April 21st for a BGS 8.5. It was $12,000. Now, this is obviously already past that. And it's going to go far past that, I'm sure, with this logo patch. That was for a four-color. But if you go back to February 1st, this is after a season where I think people were, you know, it's just an interesting season for the Dolphins. End up firing their coach and everything at the end of the year. But the B, that same BGS 8.5 sold on auction February 1st for $4,600, Nate. Oh. $4,600 on February 1st. April 21st, after they add Tyreek Hill, after they get the new coach, $12,000. And then if you go back to midseason, um, there was a BGS 9.5 November 28th that sold for 14.6 K. So this card, I'd say right now, Nate, we're approaching like one of the most exciting times in Tua's market if you have, have been holding his cards because they're they're obviously increasing in price. But from the same standpoint, like this is kind of like a I don't want to say a make or break it type of thing for Tua, but like if you can make it, we've seen what happens with other young quarterbacks that make it in their like second or third season, um, particularly the third for Tua. And I think it could get could be crazy, like Nate kind of alluded to. Allow uh, me, card...
0: allow me one one second to say, hey, first year coach. If it doesn't work out, you know, next year. There's always next year. Second
4: year coach, <laughs> definitely. And and you know, any card this expensive is always a risk. But this is one of the coolest two of cards I've ever seen come up for auction. I have to say, it is it is very very special. And now, because Nate talked about his stats for selling, I have a very brief amount of time to look up my card before we hit the <laughs> five minute buzzer. But that's okay because I don't have to speak very long because all I got to say is that this is one of the most beautiful Kobe cards I've ever seen. This is from Eminence. Normally Eminence have got the black background cards. This goes reverse on us, and this has got the white background. Kobe's black and white. He's got the black ink signature on there, little Lakers logo in the background, a little diamond action. It's got his career accolades up at the top, five-time NBA champion, two-time NBA Finals MVP, 18-time All-Star, and 33,643 career points. I don't know if I've seen a better Kobe card actually, Nate. This is insane.
0: That is so nice. Yeah, I'm
4: a I'm a huge fan. So if you want to find either of these two cards this upcoming Sunday, you gotta get on pwccmarketplace.com. You gotta come to our FlipQuest 2022 live stream on Sunday at 9:45 p.m. Eastern time, and we'll be breaking down all these sales plus many more. And we cannot wait to see you there.